0: Hey, did you hear? They got this new tax incentive for high density office in New York City. Did you know that?
1: No. What is it? So
0: think about it. If everyone is now concerned from work from home and you've got these massive floor plates in Midtown East, the city is trying to state, we want to incentivize you to try to do something else. So they're giving a tax abatement. And what I find to be crazy is only to the first few buildings that do it. But well, so they, they want to spark something.
1: Yeah, I think they want to like uh, trigger people to jump in and take the chance because nobody knows what the ter- how how much it's going to cost, really what the outcome is going to be, what the interest is going to be in it. But you know, these are the only things the city can do. I mean, I with with New York City, you know, I saw their plans of what they uh, what they had to sort of fix try to fix the situation with all these com- empty commercial office buildings. And the only two real things that they can do is zoning and these tax incentives. They can't really do- those are their tools. Those are the only tools that they can do. So they're trying to do everything they can to sort of uh, initiate uh, these conversions, but it's going to, you need somebody who's willing to take the risk. So
0: I'm optimistic that maybe this type of tax abatement could work, right? So if you know that, what are taxes today? We estimate 25% of total revenue. Mm -hmm. If you get that down to 3% of total revenue, that affects the NOI directly which would mean maybe that actually works.
1: I mean you're a developer what, what do you think how, how would you would you take advantage of that? I would try my
0: best. So what I find fascinating this is on big buildings, right? Like only 250,000 square feet and above. They're trying to attack the the top tier buildings, which I also find like why? 100,000, 150,000 also over there can get us a ton of housing too. So the answer is yes, I would underwrite that deal. That may actually spark people to make those conversions. Yeah. But again, it's like they, they make it a race, you know, the first 15, like it takes time to develop. It's like the Titanic moving. You can't say, oh, just do it now and go. But someone will take advantage of this one, I think. But I think this one's a winner. Conversions
1: are so complicated and you can't just be anybody to do conversions. They always go over budget and they always go over, you know, the time that was allotted for it. So it is risky. I don't think, you know, the, I think a lot of people are try, are gonna try to take advantage of it or hopefully they will. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know if everyone's gonna make a success out of it.
0: So I agree with you, right? They always say in construction, your biggest risk is what's below grade in a new building and what's behind the walls in a renovation. Right. So yes, if you have the op- optionality to be able to really dive in and see what's behind the walls to understand the structure to make that change, you can. Yeah. But listen, I believe in people, you know? There'll be some innovators and they'll get it done. It's not brain surgery, by the way.
1: I just met with uh, Catherine Clark who wrote the book, uh, Billionaires Row. And, you know, she was saying that all of these developers, other than Steve Roth, who did 220 Central Park uh, South, all the other developers who built these, you know, flashy condo buildings that, you know, generated billions of dollars for the project, they all lost money on those developments. Isn't that ironic where you think you see a 432 park and you're thinking to yourself, oh my God, the developer from this must have made a fortune. They had a $2.3 billion sellout and the guy lost money.
0: Well, listen, that's a whole other game, which is how did they get the equity interested? How did they get the bank to finance it? But what was their motivation? Yeah. Was it on the end sales? Sounds to me if they are breaking even or losing money, no. Their incentive is to do the deal, which is a fee-based right. Right, assumption. So the fee incentivizes them. They all took the risk on so, the investment. But do you
1: think the fee always makes up for the loss in the investment?
0: Technically, no. The way I've always looked at development was that the asset itself, the business plan, had to work so that you got your investors back their return. But there's another types of developers out there that like, if you're willing to give me the capital, I'm willing to do it. And that would be more of a fee-based development.
1: Well, look, there was this uh, lender here in the city and they thought it would be such a clever idea to take over some of the projects that they lent to if the developers were not able to uh, give them back their money. It was a hard money lender. Correct. And they took over five, six projects. And, you know, in great locations, Soho and, you know, Highline areas and stuff. And they thought, oh, these are half built. The entitlements for them are done. We're in the bank. And what happened is that they lost money. The lender, after they took over from the developers they lent to, they lost money on all five of the projects or broke even. So, I mean, a lot of people assume that development is like, a, you know, make big money game, but what they don't realize is that most people actually lose money on it. Being in the real estate game and saying, I'm going to have the existing building that I could go and now rent out. And those are the people I think who make the real money in real estate. But for some reason, people just assume that developers are like raking in the millions. And a lot of them do. They're really successful ones, like the PMGs of the world. These guys know what Wild, they're doing. Well the Steve doing. Witkoffs, you know, these guys know what they're doing, but More so than not, most of these guys are actually losing money on these projects. I
0: agree.